Hey everybody, how you guys doing? Today is Wednesday, December 2nd. Today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about why the study of Revelation is so important and why I believe strongly that Jesus is returning for the church. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining me over at my little corner of the internet. Today, I wanted to just thank you guys before we get started. For those of you who are continuing to support this ministry financially, if you're interested in becoming a monthly partner over here, we really greatly appreciate that. You guys are direct answer to prayer and it helps us keep the show uh, coming to you five days a week. So thank you so much for that. Also, for those of you who are leaving reviews for Becoming MomStrong and the rest of the books that I have written that are available for sale over at Amazon and other places, I loved this review came in from someone who did not leave their name over at Amazon. And this person wrote, Becoming Mom Strong is such an encouraging and biblically sound book for all moms who want a godly insight into the life of a mother. Being a mother is hard, but Becoming Mom Strong hits all the angles of motherhood and helps give a heart of joy to any mother in all seasons of motherhood. It's the perfect book to gift to any new mom as well because there's so much encouragement about being a mom and this book hits all the spots. Heidi's very biblically sound and draws everyone's attention to the truth of motherhood and finding the ability to have grace for yourself as you grow closer to God and raise your tribe to do the same. So I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Another one came in and said, I love this book. I ended up recommending it to everyone I know, packed with excellent information and encouragement. You guys, this is a great opportunity this year. You can gift Becoming MomStrong to somebody. I wrote a book called Bible Promises for Moms. I think it's like three bucks. And you can also get that at uh, my shop at HeidiStJohn.com. You can buy those books directly from me or you can buy them from Amazon or Tyndale, wherever books are sold, Barnes and Noble, wherever you guys like to buy books. Uh, This is a great, a great gift. So if you know a mom who needs encouragement to stay the course, uh, find it in your heart this year to give them Becoming MomStrong. Becoming MomStrong is just a great uh, way for you guys to encourage moms to stay the course and to raise their children uh, in the knowledge of God's word. I continue to believe, and I've been saying this for years, that you guys are raising a very special generation of children. A generation of children who I believe will very likely live to see the full-blown persecution of the church. And this very special generation of children needs a very special generation of parents. We cannot check out. We just absolutely cannot check out. And we've seen so much of that happening, uh, you know, over the years. You know, we do we do really good and then we kind of lose momentum. And I remember uh, one of my favorite passages of scripture from the book of Galatians, found in Galatians 5, and Paul is exhorting uh, the church at Galatia. He said, you guys, you were, you were running the race so well. What happened? Well, he didn't exactly say that, but that's Heidi's paraphrase. He, he did say that. You know, he said, who has held you back from following the truth? And then he said, it's not God. Because God's the one who called you to freedom. And if you guys have ever lost momentum, if you've ever thought, man, I need a shot in the arm, that's why I wrote Becoming Mom Strong. That's why I wrote Prayers for the Battlefield. Uh, all of the books that I've written really are there to point women, especially anyone who reads them, but women in particular, back to the truth. Because it's easy for us, I think as mothers in particular, particularly now as we're coming into the holiday season, one minute we think we got to, you know, we're doing awesome. We're just killing it right at this motherhood gig. You got dinner in the slow cooker. Your homeschooling's all caught up. Your laundry's done. Well, okay, that's pushing it. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean? And just about the time you feel ready to collect your motherhood medal, something happens and you're a mess lying in the fetal position behind a closet door with a bag of double stuffed Oreos. Am I right? 
please tell me that you guys understand. So life requires all the emojis, right? Sometimes in a single day, when I fall off the mommy wagon, it's easy for me to look around in an effort to cast blame somewhere. But most of the time, uh, even with discipline issues I'm struggling with my kids, I can almost always trace it back to, wait for it, my own disobedience. And when I realize this, that's when it's time for me to take a step back and hit the reset button. And maybe you guys are there right now. So if you are, take a deep breath. God understands. And even when that momentum that you've lost has resulted in a departure from God's truth, God understands. And I love Paul's honest emotion that comes out of Galatians 5. You can almost hear the tone of a parent in his voice, right? He was like, you guys, what happened? You're running the race so well. And then it's like he knows the inner struggle that we all face. And he jumps in and he says, hey, this isn't God's fault. God has more for you than this. And right now, you guys, the world is trying to drown out the truth of scripture. But listen to me. Listen to me. Men, women, you've got to cling tightly to it. God's word and his ways bring freedom. Freedom from worry, freedom to rest, freedom from fear, from fear of failure, from fear of the Rona. Freedom to cling tightly to truth. And so cling to it today, you guys, because in the truth, you'll find the life. That's exactly where you find it. And Jesus understands. If you guys are weary today, the Lord understands. And through the Apostle Paul, he's basically saying, I love you. I love you. Can you hear his voice? Can you hear him above the busyness of your household and the demands of your job? Lean in because he's here. He'll help you. He will encourage you to get back on the path that he set for you. His word will be like a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So stay in his word, men and women, and you'll stay on the path. Keep running the race. Keep running the race. Uh, Don't give up because God is for you. And I think we probably need to hear that more than we've ever needed to hear it before. So I hope that encourages you guys today. I wanted to let you know before I forget, I'm going to be speaking this Friday at Calvary Chapel in Kennewick, Washington. From what I understand, that event is sold out. 500 tickets are just gone. So I think that event is sold out, but I'm fairly certain I heard a rumor that they may be streaming that online. I'll try to link back to it in the show notes today. Um, But if you guys are interested in having me come and speak for an event in your neck of the woods, we will link back to the speaker form today. This is the time of year that we typically start to get requests in. Usually I am booked out two years in advance, but because of the Rona, uh, we've got some openings. So uh, check it out if you're interested in inviting me to come and speak for your event. I would love uh, the opportunity to do that. All right, I want to get back to what we were talking about yesterday. So a listener wrote in and she basically said she's sad because uh, of, that I believe that there's a rapture. Well, um, don't be sad. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really joyful because I believe that the return of the Lord is near. And I also believe in the tribulation. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this, the tribulation uh, is a future seven-year period of time. And I'll, I'll get to the seven years in a minute too. But it's a future seven-year period of time when God's basically going to finish his discipline of Israel. So right now, Israel's in what I like to call a sort of cosmic timeout. They they rejected the Messiah. He came, they rejected him, and he said, fine, uh, I'm going to leave you guys to your own devices. I'm going to turn my attention to the Gentiles, trying to get uh, the gospel preached to the Gentiles. So the Jews sort of put, you know, God sort of put them on a shelf for a little bit, but very soon he's going to turn his attention back to the Israelites and finalize his judgment of an unbelieving world. So the church which is made up of people who have trusted uh, and and uh, asked the Lord Jesus to come into their heart, right? Trust in the work and person of Jesus to save them from sin. The church, I believe, will 
not be present for the tribulation. I think the church is going to be removed from the earth no by uh, by an event that we know as the rapture. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 to 18 it says I don't want you to be uninformed. This is the apostle Paul talking to the church in Thessalonica. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed. And I love that he says this because God's heart is not that we would be scared. It's that we would be prepared. And this is why we read about these things in the Bible. Uh, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep. So now he's addressing a very real fear that the Thessalonians had about their brothers and sisters in Christ who had already died. So that's what he addresses first. So he says, don't grieve like you don't have hope. We don't grieve as those who don't have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So talking about people who have who have uh, already passed away. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, will descend from heaven with a cry of command. This is the ESV, by the way. I actually like it better when it says the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. But the ESV says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So those those who have already died and they knew Christ when they died, they will rise first. Those who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. It's so important that we encourage each other. It's so important that we that we stay the course that we say listen I'm going I want to encourage you the Lord is going to come back he is not going to abandon you he is going to come back and this is what the apostle Paul also was teaching to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15 starting in verse 51 he said behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed for this perishable body. In other words, this tent that we're all living in right now is gonna put on the imperishable and the mortal body is gonna put on immortality. And so we read this truth in the word of God, you guys, and whenever uh, God puts something in his word, you can take it to the bank. That is going to happen. So many prophecies that talked about the the first coming of Jesus as coming as a baby, right? Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. We're writing some of them out at MomStrong International, which by the way, starts right now. So head on over there, download your scripture writing challenge and your copywork pages and the Spanish version and all the things. Download it. You guys are going to love it. But anyway, I believe that the church is saved from the wrath to come. So the Bible teaches us that there is wrath, there is judgment. But in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9, the Bible says God has not destined us for wrath. God has not, I'm going to say it again, you guys, it's important for you to understand. God has not destined us for wrath. And I think it's important for us to understand these things when we talk about the rapture. And understanding that the Lord is saying, listen, there's, I'm coming back for you and I care about you and I love you and you can count on it. When the Lord says, I'm going to do something, he is going to do it. You can take it to the bank. And for me, you know, as for some of you had said, you know, uh, 
why do you trust so much in the rapture? I trust in the rapture because I think the Bible makes a very, very good case for it. I don't think the church is going to be here for the tribulation. I think we're going to be raptured out of here. And you guys can study this for yourself. We're going to be studying it at MomStrong International. Uh, but throughout scripture, the tribulation is referred to by other names, such as the, the day of the Lord, trouble or tribulation. You read this in Deuteronomy 4 and Zephaniah chapter 1. The great tribulation which refers to a more intense second half of the seven-year period. So the the second half, so once you the angel's going to go, whoa, right? He's going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he starts to talk about what is coming. And we're studying this right now at MomStrong International. And uh, this is the second half of the tribulation, uh, the seven-year period. It's a seven-year period of time or the day of trouble. This is the time also referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. But you guys have to understand, and we're doing this a little bit at MSI, you got to understand Daniel chapter nine. Uh, so to understand the purpose and the timing of the tribu- of the tribulation, uh, it, the passage speaks of 70 weeks that have not, that have been declared against, quote, your people. So Daniel's people are the Jews, the nation of Israel. And Daniel chapter nine talks about a period of time that God has given to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, atone for wickedness, to bring everlasting righteousness and seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So God declares that 70 sevens, God has a thing for seven, will fulfill all these things. So this is seven, 70 sevens of years or 490 years. And some translations refer to 70 weeks of years. And we had, I had Pastor Phil on the show with me some months back. He talked about this. You guys, I'll link back to his uh, podcast in the show notes today. Fantastic uh, discussion on the book of Daniel and why we can look forward to the rapture with confidence. Uh, But this is also confirmed in another part of this passage in Daniel. So in verses 25 and 26, Daniel's told that the Messiah is going to be cut off after seven sevens and 62 sevens. So 69 total, beginning with a decree to rebuild Jerusalem. So in other words, 69 sevens of years, so 483 years, after the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, the Messiah is going to be cut off. So historians, biblical historians, confirm 483 years passed from the time of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem to the time when Jesus was crucified. So these are things that you can actually uh, pinpoint with extreme uh, accuracy. So most scholars, most biblical scholars, regardless of their view on eschatology, uh, have the above, you know, this understanding really of Daniel's 77s. And so you're going to, I'll link back to, there's a great, a couple of really great articles about this that I think will help you. They also come with um, scripture because we should, we're always going to be referring to scripture. And like I said yesterday, if you torture a verse long enough, it's going to confess to anything. But, but the bottom line is, I mean, there's lots of references to the tribulation. Uh, Revelation 11, uh, I think it's, beginning of the chapter talks about uh, 1,260 days and 42 months, which we're studying right now at MomStrong International. Uh, These days are a reference to the midpoint of the tribulation. So the additional days in Daniel 12 can include the time at the end of the judgment of the nations, which is referred to in Matthew 25, and a time setting up for Christ's millennial kingdom. So the tribulation is basically a seven-year period in the end times, which in which humanity's decadence and our depravity is going to reach its fullness and then God's going to judge it. And that's actually going to happen. And the Bible says that we aren't going to be around here for it. One of the best uh, 
reasons is that we are not appointed to wrath. And this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, and then Romans 5, 9. So look up these verses for yourself, you guys, and meditate on them, because I think this is a great uh, proof that we are not going to be here. We are raptured before the tribulation begins. Why? Because the church is not appointed for wrath and the tribulation is the wrath of God. And so uh, we see this all throughout the Bible. So again, look up Romans 5, 9 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. And the Bible also says that we are kept from the hour of trial. Jesus told the apostle John on the island of Patmos that uh, the Philadelphian church is going to be, that's the faithful church, will be kept from the hour of trial. This is what he said, uh, Revelation 3.10, because you've kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. So notice that the whole world is being tested in this passage. And throughout the book of Revelation, the term earth dwellers always refers to unsaved people. So the rapture of the church, and there will be people who are saved during the tribulation. Uh, We are studying this in depth at MomStrong International. So if you guys haven't downloaded that study yet, it's a fantastic study. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage. I think there's plenty for us to be encouraged about. So whenever people say I'm just so sad because of your view in Revelation, don't feel sad for me. I don't. Uh, I I mean I know that that uh, I could be wrong, and I'm willing to say, hey, you know, I could be wrong um, about this. But I also think it's an important reminder that studying God's word, the Bible says that there's actually a blessing for studying the book of Revelation. So I want you guys to be encouraged about what God is doing really quickly. I'm going to jump over to another topic. So I told you yesterday that there are basically four eschatological views for interpreting the book of Revelation. The first one is a pre-tourist view. And this has come, you know, some of you have been asking me about it. I know I've got some of you uh, are pre-tourists that listen to the show. Um, Pre-tour means basically means past and it's derived from Latin. And the theory holds that all of Revelation has already been fulfilled. So a preterist believes that all biblical prophecy is history and that most of it took place in 70 AD with the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans. So they're going to suggest that the tribulation was the persecution of the saints and Nero was the Antichrist. Uh, I know that there are, I mean, it's the internet now, right? So, I mean, if I wanted to, I could find, you know, tweets from Abraham Lincoln on the internet right now, right? So just because you guys read it on the internet or because somebody, this is why I say go to go to God's word and study for yourself. So a preacherist believes that the law was fulfilled in AD 70. So because of this, they also believe that God's covenant with Israel was ended. So the new heavens and the new earth that are spoken about Revelation 21 is to the preterist a description of the world under the new covenant. So just as a Christian has made is made a new creation, so the world under the new covenant is a new earth. So uh, this also this can also lead to a belief in replacement theology, which I don't have time to get into right now. But I don't want you guys to be misled because God's covenant with Israel is everlasting. So this is a really flawed approach to eschatology. I'm going to encourage you guys to read Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 33 to 36. Uh, Preterism is filled with huge doctrinal errors. First of all, it takes our eyes off of our hope because it takes our eyes off of things to come and off of Jesus 
who will take believers out of the world of pain and sorrow and the promise of the hope that we have in the rapture. And I think worst of all, it denies the physical reality of Christ's second coming and also downplays the dreadful nature of the tribulation by connecting and thus restricting that event to the fall of Jerusalem. So in Mom Strong International, I want to say last month at the at on the, day five of week four, we spend quite a bit of time going through these four theories of interpreting the book of Revelation. And so I starred them, right? I said, you know, they can have the uh, Mom Strong International gives them, you know, one star out of five. So everybody, you could get a five star review if you wanted to. I gave a pre-tourist view, zero stars for lots of different reasons. And almost everybody that I'd say that really holds to this, especially really hardcore, Ooh, you guys, I'm I'm uh, I'm struggling. I gave that zero zero stars. There's a historist view also. This teaches that Revelation is basically just a symbolic representation that presents the course of history from the apostles' life through the end of the age. So, according to this theory, uh, Revelation has been largely fulfilled, leaving only spiritual lessons for the church today. Um, and so I got, you know, huge criticisms of this approach. Also, first, it allows a wide variety of interpretation and you guys, they can't all be correct. So adherents to this have a tendency to interpret the text through the context of their, uh, of their time period. And so because of this, many who taught from this perspective saw the climax of the book happening in their generation. So there's a theologian and his name is John, uh, Walvoord, and he points out that the lack of agreement is pretty is pretty strong among historists. So he, because they view it through their own time period. And so he said, as many as 50 different interpretations of the book of Revelation have evolved from this, depending on the time and circumstances of the person who's preaching about it. So the view also focuses mostly on the events of the church in Western Europe. It says very little about the church in the East. And that view discounts God's activity through Asia and actually uh, the rest of the world. So the historicist approach is held by some pretty prominent Bible scholars of the Reformation, including John Wycliffe and William Tyndale. And uh, like I said, you know, I think good Christians can disagree. And so, but I think that actually makes sense because uh, in light of the fact that the issues of the Reformation dealt largely with the Pope and the papacy, these scholars would have seen strong correlation with the beast revelation Thirteen, And so since that time of these, you know, strong men from the Reformation, this view has declined in popularity. There's an idealist view, and I'm not going to get into that. And then there finally is a futurist view, which is basically where I come from. And I touched on it yesterday, but this is the view that we hold to at MomStrong International. It teaches that the events of the Olivet Discourse and Revelation chapters 4 to 22 are going to occur in the future. And so, uh, you know, this approach really applies the rules of grammar. It stays consistent with the historical framework and the context of the writing. And because of this, futurists divide Revelation into three sections. According to Revelation 119, what you have seen, what is now, and what is going to take place later. So here's what I mean. Chapter one describes the past, Chapters two to three describe the present, in other words, what is now. And then the rest of the book describes future events, what is going to take place later. So uh, chapters four to 19 refer to this period that we talked about a moment ago, the seven-year tribulation 
from Daniel 9, 27. And during this time, God's judgment are actually poured out upon mankind and they are revealed in the seals, the trumpets and the bowl judgments, which is what we're studying right now at MomStrong International. Also, chapter 13 describes a literal future world empire headed by a political and religious leader represented by two beasts. Chapter 17 pictures a harlot who represents the church in apostasy. And uh, chapter 19 refers to Christ's second coming, the battle of Armageddon. Chapter 20 follows Christ's second coming with a literal thousand year rule of Christ upon the earth. And then finally, chapters 21 to 22 are the events that follow the millennium, the creation of a new heaven and a new earth and the arrival of a heavenly city upon the earth. So it's critical to note uh, that this view or this interpretation does not discount the figurative or the symbolic language, but a futurist, and this is where I would lean more into this camp, teach that prophecies using symbolic language are also to be normally interpreted according to the laws of language. So lots of, my grandmother was a futurist also, and Dwight Pentecost was her favorite author, also a futurist and a dispensationalist. But like I said before, uh, I, these are not reasons for, for people to not be friends. Okay. So I have friends who disagree with me on this and that's fine, but I run MomStrong International and therefore that is the position that I'm taking and teaching from as well. I think it's a very, very strong biblical case to be made for a pre-tribulation rapture. I think that the doctrine, the teaching of the rapture is a very strongly uh, biblical teaching. I think it's rooted in in the Bible, and uh, even though we can disagree, and there's some things about God's word, I think that we will always go, huh? You know, hope one of these days I'm going to get to heaven, and and the Lord's going to say, "This is what I meant," you know, and we're going to go, "Oh, I think that's going to happen with a lot of things, actually." So these are not salvation issues, but I think it's a reason to hope. So I hope that encourages you guys today. Hang in there, study the word. If you want to study along with me. Uh, we've got a couple of thousand women right now studying the book of Revelation at MomStrong International. I think you guys are going to be blessed. I teach live for about an hour and a half every Wednesday, and uh, we're loving it. So it, really good reasons for you guys to be excited to join me live on Wednesdays. You can watch online or you can come and join me in person at the Homeschool Resource Center. So lots of good things going on. Listen, I hope you guys have a great day today. Thank you so much again for your support of the podcast, for loving uh, what we're doing to the point of actually praying for us and supporting us financially. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great day. I'm going to see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. 